Hey everyone, Giuseppe Santamaria here, the photographer behind Men in This Town and the editor of Mint Magazine. We held our fifth Mint Studio Talks last week at the Mint Market, focusing on the art of collaboration. My business partner, Clara, and I shared our story in creating the Mint Market together. Plus, we had one of our makers, Leighton Clark of the watch brand Mr. Wolf, join us with his collaborator, industrial designer Tom Faraday. I would love to thank the Temperance Society Bar for serving the wonderful Young Henry's cocktails. It made for a fun night with a great crowd. Meanwhile, here's the talk for those of you who couldn't make it. I hope you enjoy. You guys can each kind of tell us a little bit about your individual backgrounds. Uh, Tom, you can have to go. Yeah. Um, hey, so I'm Tom Faraday. Um, so I'm... Um, Sydney-based uh, furniture and product designer. So I've got a um, studio in Alexandria, and so I've, as an independent designer, I work on kind of a range of pieces across a few mediums, and that sort of stems from an industrial design background, um, which I did at UTS just down the road. Yeah. Leighton Clark, uh, founder of Mr. Wolf. So my, well, I guess most of my working career has been in design. So I've worked for a furniture company, Space Furniture for the last 15 years, quite a long time, um, <laughs> and before that, I guess most integral to the story, I was a watchmaker by trade for five years, so it's kind of coming back to my first occupation as such, and combining what I've known from design, retail, that's all. So I'm Clara Hogue, I'm founder of Benton Metal Depository and co-founder of the Mint Market with Giuseppe. Um, I actually originally studied architecture at uni, um, graduated from that practice in a couple of architecture firms. At the same time, I was working retail and doing jewellery um, night classes and weekend workshops on the side just because I loved it. And eventually the time came um, that after five years of working in an architecture firm, decided it's time to switch. Um, started up Burton Metal Depository, worked in a couple of jewellery stores um, to get business um, experience, and then have since been um, designing jewellery and working on commission and collection pieces. I guess myself, I uh, am a graphic designer by trade and got into photography <coughs> over time. Um, yeah, and I guess we could start off with our collaboration here. Um, I started this blog, Men in This Town, um, a few years ago, and it's kind of evolved over time. And um, got to the point of becoming a magazine that I called Lit, and I met Clara um, last year. It's crazy. We haven't <laughs> known each other that long. and. Um, but we kind of hit it off right away. Um, she was... Uh, so I was um, part of the design residency, which actually this owns space. this space, um, and is run by Lorraine Locke, who's an amazing um, mentor and businesswoman, and she helps uh, emerging designers to start their businesses, to develop them. And part of that program, she allowed me to take over this space for a month. Um, to do a pop-up shop and I decided well jewelry's quite small it's hard <laughs> to fill up a whole shop with it this so I yeah <laughs> um, so I thought why not get some of my favorite designers and friends um, 
that make these beautiful objects for guys as well and had a pop-up which was just before Father's Day as well. So last all, year. Yeah, last year. It was the and man cave. Was, yeah, and that's where we kind of met. We, we, I came into the shop, loved what I saw. It was something that was so different that she had curated uh, that you don't necessarily see in Sydney. And I thought that it'd be great for us to kind of combine forces and uh, you know, I wanted to expand men in this town and kind of see where else I could take it. And featuring people and featuring designers like you guys is something that I love doing on the blog. So I'm like, well, how can we actually do that in real life and provide those things that people are seeing online in a real space? Clara had this amazing kind of retail experience. I had this brand and this kind of editorial content. And together it kind of fit well Just together. Yeah. yeah, and it kind of evolved. Um, so yeah, we're now kind of in this phase of kind of doing this and seeing where it goes. What's your story, guys? How did you guys end up meeting? Um, I think of when. Um, working at Space Furniture for a while, the last five years, I guess we've been through different phases. There was a design residency competition. I'll let yeah. you talk about that. Go for um, it. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we met for just common uh, in the furniture industry and I, I did a residency in uh, the Netherlands with a company called Moy and so met, met Leighton through Space Furniture and a lot of other team in the company there. And so we just sort of got to know each other at that level, really. Um, no understanding of background in watchmaking. <laughs> yeah, so, that um, came later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've been working on a furniture collection which Tom's had some involvement in as well. Oh, yeah. So working on that furniture collection and paralleling that journey with Mr. Wolf was quite interesting to do it from a production side of thing, traveling. Mm. So having exposure into international production, etc., was also yeah. quite important. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then to also meet Tom along that journey was probably quite fortuitous from a design point of view. I'm the corporate part of the business, mm. not the design part of the business. <laughs> so Tom was kind of instrumental in the whole process. Awesome. So I guess then you guys had experience of working together. What made you, I guess you were wanting to create a watch brand and start making your own watches. Yep. Why did you approach Tom? Why not create it yourself and do it by yourself? Exactly for that reason. I'm yeah. not a designer by any stretch. No. So the, the concept of... Um, my skill sets from business, procurement, uh, sourcing, production, all of those all of those key points to bring the product to market yeah. were, were my skill set, but understanding that I had to engage someone like Tom just to even visualize the product. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and Tom was an instrumental like conduit to go to suppliers, understanding technical drawings, um, the, the cases are manufactured in China, so just that communication is mostly visual, yeah. and basically Tom's involvement was awesome. crucial. Yeah. So Tom, then you have experience in working with a lot of other people in kind of creating products. Yep. Is, yep. How do you find that kind of process? Is it something that you enjoy to do? I mean, obviously, it seems like you do. Yeah, I mean, normally it's, it's often more independent, to be honest, than yeah. a lot, lot of other products where you sort of like make a product to a certain level, and then you pitch it to a company or someone that you might want to work with so in that sense it's probably more separate the way I normally work and then and then you involve engage with a company or someone that might want to then manufacture it or engage it whereas this was much more of a collaboration and for the design as well um, so we we worked together from you know from from Leighton's idea of the business and what he wanted to do and we, we designed it together so um, very very unique 
situation for me actually as well and obviously the product type I've never worked on a watch before as well yeah. so it was, it was all, all quite new for me yeah and a learning curve for everyone I guess that's the thing is when you collaborate together and especially when there are you know I have my weaknesses where it's I don't understand the, the business and retail side I have hardly any experience in it uh, and I'm learning so much from Clara and she has that the brains and kind of in that um, but I, could, I think to learn, you need to be able to kind of really appreciate the other person and kind of respect their opinions. What qualities do you guys look in for in each other that kind of make for, like you never know if you're gonna get along with the person and have your different opinions. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a scary thing to jump into. You know? um, I think we'd always gotten along and it was very easy <laughs> right. to, um, like we enjoyed working together. So that right. was a, a no-brainer in many regards. Um, I'd always appreciated Tom's aesthetic, so the design was also a no-brainer. So yeah. it was actually quite lucky in that regard. And then <laughs> it was just an open conversation. I explained what I envisaged Mr. Wolf would end up being and um, whether or not Tom was up for the journey. And mm. yeah, mm -hmm. it was just part of that open dialogue, I think, was the most important part. Yeah. And I have to say where we started the journey profit wasn't necessarily where it ended up, but it was... Um, in what way? How, less how variations. <laughs> less va yeah. In terms Definitely. of design? Yeah. In terms of design, yeah. yeah, there was a very simple concept um, from a complete case to a wraparound band, but it, you had to kind of balance up commerciality to the, to the jewellery side of that look. Mm. Um, and yeah, we reworked it a few times to bring it back to a bit more of a commercial concept, let's yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I should say that what, what Leighton's business model was, was that it wasn't just a, a watch you just buy, you know, in five variations or however you want to do it. As a watchmaker, he, he set the business up that he actually hand assembles each watch in Sydney. So I think it's the only watch I'm aware of, you know, that's done in Australia for that matter. And so what he wanted to do was to do a, a watch, a very pared back, uh, minimal watch that people could customise themselves. So the, the brief of the project wasn't just make a, a nice watch and sell it, but the, this is a product that you can sort of design yourself. So you choose the watch frame, the strap frame, the dial, even the hands, there's variations you choose. And so across that journey, that, that was a major part of the brief and all of those elements of it was a collaboration for the design. It wasn't like a one-way direction or anything for yeah. that sense. Um, so I think it totaled 220 variations per per size yeah. of watch. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have a small selection of that in the <laughs> yeah. store. Yeah. Uh, and you guys could check out their website, which is beautifully designed in that you could actually kind of go through and create your own customized watch, which is fantastic. Yeah, it definitely wasn't about creating a collection of 100 pieces. It was about creating one fantastic design that resonated across, hopefully, a lot um, of people from fashion to design to architecture, you know. So it kind of fit that bill, yeah. which was the concept. Clara, for yourself, yeah. I, their collaboration makes sense almost, because it's kind of in the same world. Ours <laughs> is a bit kind of random in that you're a jewelry maker and I'm a blogger. Like it's, what I guess, what did, what did you see in me? So, <laughs> what did you want? I could say what, yeah. I, what I saw in you well, at the very least was yeah. that it's, you understood the aesthetic that I kind of, was trying to capture maybe in the guys on the street, you kind of captured that in the taste that you had in here and jewelry that you make. And, and I think the fact that we came from different 
industry. Well, mm. we're both creative industries, but from different walks of life, different experiences is part of why um, the collaboration works. Yeah. Because you know you've got your set of skills which are very different to mine. Yeah. I don't think just in term even when you're looking for a staff member or for a you know a collaborator or anything that's there's no point getting someone exactly the same as yourself. No. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's something about complementing each other. Yeah, but then there are other learning curves because it's, you know, we've been doing this for almost a year now and kind of yeah. thinking of this concept. And for me, it has been an adjustment because I'm so used to yeah. working by myself. As and am I. Yeah, and yeah. kind of having your own opinion, but then you need yeah. to share now, and <laughs> I wasn't used to sharing. And I think uh, it's very much like what you guys said as well with marrying financial and yes. aesthetics or, you know, the dream. Yeah. Yeah. So we collaborated in creating this one product. You guys collaborated, but not kind of owning the, the same brand in the end. It's kind of more yeah. of a, how would you look at it? Yeah, I mean... I'm invested financially. Tom's hopefully invested for the long term as well yeah. because um, Tom pushes me in different regards to to think of different concepts or different directions, yeah. Yeah. and rightly so. I think Tom would like to strip all of it back into black and <laughs> all of it back into white <laughs> so that it's got a very minimal effect or a very minimal aesthetic. Yeah. But um, I think that was the push and pull. I wanted more, um, say, traditional elements to it that gave it a bit more character yeah. because I think there's a lot of white and a lot of black on the market, so it was yeah. trying to reach a point of difference. Um, and how do you work through that? Like, what's the Usually process? over a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I think that's what we need to do more. Yeah, we need more of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was really good, too, because there's things that, you know, I'm not aware of that. So the quality of the watch, because it varies so much with, you know, products. So, yeah. like, the... The design had to change to meet, so for Leighton to make it, you know, 50 meters water resistant. There's certain design details we had to do to say a screw threaded back, which changed the aesthetic of it. So we had to work together on, like how how Leighton wanted it as a product to how we could achieve it, and then that that led to all the decisions for the materials and the finishes, so that we could ensure it's long lasting and sort of a quality product. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was a really positive thing. Yeah, it's really good. But then I guess, are there moments in it all that you kind of feel like you're not sure? Like, is it, be honest. Yeah, I think. We're all human. Always. It's like, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we have those emotions and have there been those moments? Or have you guys been smooth sailing? No, no, no. I think there's always, there's always a moment where I sit there and think, okay, if I took Tom's direction, would it be more successful or yeah, right. vice versa? But I think you just have to go on the journey. There's yeah. no reason we can't, and we'll continue to sample ideas that Tom has, sample more ideas that I have, yeah. but... Um, so you do see it as, you do see it as a journey, stuff. So, because I guess Clara and our, our collaboration, we are ongoing, it's a living thing, and it's, we can change it as it goes, but your first impression of Mr. Wolf was <laughs> gonna be your first product, so how long did it take to get to that point? Um, been thinking about it for years. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah. if I was to say how long did it take after uh, the most relevant pitch, a friend said to me, "You're never going to get anywhere unless you start tinkering." Yeah. And yeah. the moment doing. I started tinkering and doing was the moment I realised that it's totally not my skill set. So the best way to do that was to really engage someone like Tom yeah. to help visualise the end product. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's where the collaboration really started. I think as well because I needed. 
as much help to visualise product as I did the business yeah. itself. So it's probably seriously about a year, I think. Yeah, easily. Think? Yeah. Easily, yeah. yeah. I think it's half. about eighteen months from the the first conversation to yeah, yeah. to bring the product to market. Clark, so um, I guess with collaborations, I feel like it's happening more and more. Uh, you've seen it with bigger brands, small brands. Clara, you yourself, you know, you're still collaborating with other people within our yeah. thing. You work with uh, Felix. Yeah. So. Uh, Felix the cat. You guys remember that cartoon? Clara <laughs> it's a DreamWorks um, character, and part of uh, what they're doing is sort of. Uh, bringing the cat back, that's the hashtag, <laughs> cat is back. Um, so as part of that, DreamWorks has gone to different countries all over the world and collaborated with the local designers in that area to create a range of products. Um, and you're creating. Yeah, and so I'm creating some men's accessories, so a pair of cufflinks um, and a tie bar and a little cuff and I think so but that's a very different collaboration to what I'm doing with you I think it's more like what Tom was talking about like where you come up with the design and then pitch it to the company yeah. they come back with their opinions you keep working through that whereas with us it's a much more on the spot what do we think of this and let's yeah. work through it together every, almost every day we yeah, see yeah. each other <laughs> or talk or yeah. message or email or, yeah have you guys had experiences with bigger companies like that in your careers in the past that you're not sure about the collaboration if it would work or not because sometimes you know the big guys have their opinions that you cannot kind of pass through I mean through designing and furniture and whatnot have you had that experience yeah I've had loads of fails yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that for me is that product doesn't come to real life yeah, so right. you can spend like two years on something and get to a certain level and then it, and nothing comes of it so like it's, it's and a, a few big bigger brands that like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And it, it always <coughs> feels so tempting to kind of go along with it but then the backlash of it can be not great sometimes yeah it's sort of um like the my experience has been like the more smaller local designers uh, sorry manufacturers and companies you work with the more more dynamic they are just to work through a product and dynamically resolve it so you sort of get a better result in the end um, it's not to say you shouldn't work with big companies but there's actually a really nice process about working with people that that sort of mm -hmm. makes it really rewarding I've had lots of experience with larger companies where it's very cold it's like would you like this and no <laughs> or, or, or sort of you know just very dry process and yeah. it's not it's not very rewarding as a job to just be pitching designs to people when if you if you look closer afield there's all these little collaborations that can happen yeah. and spurt off some really amazing products yeah and I think that's also when I'm doing my jewelry like doing commission pieces like mm. wedding rings and engagement that's collaboration. Rings. That's, yeah, yeah collaboration with the customer yeah. um, because they've got their ideas and I've got mine and we work together to come up with the design I think that's what makes that sort of side of it most rewarding because yeah. it is like talking to the to the person directly yeah. on a small scale. I feel like I had, when I was thinking about this talk, I just thinking back that my kind of blogging magazine career has been mostly kind of collaborations with brands. That's how I kind of make my living in the end. And 
it isn't an easy thing because there's a lot of those bigger brands that you kind of have to work with sometimes that yes there's a lot of reward in it but then is it worth the, the kind of you know not necessarily sticking with your vision of what your aesthetic or your vision is for your own brand um, so yeah I've had those issues but it's something that you just kind of sometimes have to go with and yeah and I think that's it's important maybe the aesthetic might not be as you imagine but if the other brands philosophies and their values are what you believe in as well then that makes it yeah. well yeah. so none of us then necessarily are doing this one collaboration full-time there's other things going on how do you guys balance that <laughs> uh, personally yeah difficultly um, because <laughs> I actually still work full-time in my position so I oversee um, the Asia and Australian entities for several showrooms. So it's still my primary, like it's still my primary job as such. Yeah. Um, it's the reason that I could bring Mr. Wolf to life. So I respect that it's still my primary job. But I've also worked with, like I work with an amazing group of uh, people Two in particular have kids and families and one oversees the entire business. Um, and I always look at her and I think, if you can do all of that and I have no kids, surely I can just do this on the side. <laughs> like, if you can manage the family, yeah, yeah. surely I can just yeah. manage it just in that regard. <laughs> so it's kind of a, um, and assembling watches is kind of therapeutic, I have to say. So as a nighttime <laughs> thing, it's actually not the worst thing in the world. I, and I tell yeah. customers the story. They yeah. love it. That you, they, it is handmade just up your Potts Point, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's quite amazing. You need that moment of kind of, Clarity. Yeah, you know, so. which is nice. So as long as I can compartmentalize, I think it's, it's totally manageable. But there's people out there doing a lot more, so I figure <laughs> just use my time wisely. Tell me about yourself. Yeah, so I, I freelance, so it has its ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's stressful because you, you've got to find, find work and, and, and sort of operate. Um, it's sort of like spinning plates, you know, different projects on at the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just the nature of the beast. I, I used to work for design companies um, as a designer, but I just found it um, not as rewarding as this. So it's a lot more stressful, but yeah. like sort of <laughs> enjoyable stress. Yeah. And the reward yeah. outweighs it all, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Feels good. Yeah. And Clara, I, I know for you, I mean, obviously I, I feel your struggles <laughs> in that. You know, coming into the Christmas season, it's yeah. your busiest time. So we're struggling to kind of, not struggling, but we're, we want to balance the shop and then also and creating yeah, and making exactly. your stuff. How are you doing that? So, well, <laughs> we, we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a work in progress. Um, but I guess that's where doing a collaboration is so helpful okay. because you, know, you, can, you help take over the shop if I'm out making things and I guess I try to separate them, see the Burton making the jewellery is very therapeutic for me as well. It's like a day off, yeah. but I'm still working on the <laughs> <other> <laughs> um, Yeah, and then I guess the shop is the time when I, you know, we're out, we're talking to customers all day, um, like always up and about. And so it's a nice contrast. but. Anybody that owns their own business knows, like, even 24 hours in a day is never enough no. to do everything. So, so much more to be done. It's always priority. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Awesome. What do you guys have any questions? Um, anyone else kind of in the audience in the collaboration? Alex. Where do you have the components manufactured? The movements? Yeah. Uh, the movements are Japanese movements. Uh -huh. So basically, I, I would not be able to assemble the movements here as well, otherwise it would take me far too long. So yeah. it's uh, movement, dial, hands, case, waterproof testing, bands, buckles. So all of those components come in with packaging and they're all assembled here. And when you say waterproof, that's one of those kind of crazy weird things sure. where the rules are different. Everywhere. Yes. And I've, I've owned watches where it says waterproof and then it has a warning to not walk out into the rain. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds correct. Um, it's, it was logic for me. It's water resistant 50 meters, which is pressure. So you could walk into an oncoming wave and it could be 100 meter pressure as such, which is where the, or rain falling is actually a lot of pressure, which is half the problem. Yeah. So that's where it kind of becomes a bit ambi ambiguous in many regards. But for me, it was just logic. It's 50 meters so that it's water resistant. So that if you're washing up or anything like that, it has a leather band. So it was just part and parcel of making it so more. So you wear it in the shower? Alex is in the market. You actually do. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, after watchmaking days, the shower is the worst thing because steam like, gets through seals much faster than water. So it's like this big grey zone. Unless you're wearing a diver's watch. Yeah, right. You should always be careful, basically. But if it's 100 metres, 150 metres, you know, the, the higher the density, the more chance you've got of not flooding it. Let's say. <laughs> so let's call it water resistant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How long does it take to make a watch? Depends on my mood. <laughs> uh, generally, it's around. Do you mean from design to? Oh, design to this process. Um, oh, probably. God, we went through so many revisions. So it took a solid year from design to actually getting the final result easily. But we went through probably six or seven revisions, I think, to get the product right. Right, and if I wanted to make the watch and design it with you, how long would that take for me to get the end product? Oh, you mean choose the finishes? Yes. Oh, oh, choose yeah. the finishes. I mean, get, oh, uh, sorry, the actual, the business choose. itself. Yeah. So you choose online, which you could spend hours doing, but technically <laughs> should yes, only yeah. take yeah. about five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> And for me, <laughs> probably half an hour. I can, if I'm on a good production line, well, I can assemble. It's yeah. live it in three days. Yeah, yeah. Three days. Three Sorry. Days. Yes. I think I took forty-five minutes <laughs> to choose my button. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was part of the concern was having so many options online. Is do people eventually just go? Oh, it's too hard. <laughs> can't do it. Um, I just took ten screenshots. Have you revised that? The online, um, the guys I worked with for an online site were brilliant. So they've simplified the entire process. Mm. So it's yeah. super easy. Check out the website. Um, it's, and just from a website yeah. point of view, it's yeah. beautiful. And they got a bit obsessed with the design for iPhones, etc. So the iPhone app is even better. So they just kept improving it, um, which I was incredibly happy about. But that process is, is kind of seamless, I think. So, yeah. Is it mechanical or battery? Battery. Battery. So it was, it was the original intent was always that it was going to be an entry level design product. Yeah. So fashion entry level design product. Is there any plans of potentially doing something? What do you see the evolution of it kind of going in? A few different ways, to be honest. Yeah. Um, 
more collaborations more, in the Definitely, future? yeah. Um, potentially Tom and I can work together again. Um, I'm fortunate that in my current role I'm exposed to a lot of designers yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so if I choose to collaborate with someone else, very much so. I don't necessarily want to go into a lot of designs. It was always really to bring a design to market that had many options. So therefore it's a beautiful design that you could somewhat customize yourself. Yeah. Um, it wasn't about having hundreds of designs and going to a store and there's just hundreds of Mr. Wolf watches. So yeah. it was really to keep it as um, pure as possible to that. And purely web-based, I guess? Or, I mean, you have obviously the watches in here, but do you see kind of that evolving outside the web? Um, I see it evolving just with partners. It's the same, uh, it's the same collaboration concept, I guess. So the, the business was always meant to be enjoyable first and foremost. Yeah. I didn't do it so that I was stressed and um, etc. So that's why working with Tom was a great collaboration. Working with the graphic designer was great. She's fantastic to work with. Yeah. You guys from a retail point of view, Citizen Wolf from a retail point of view, everyone... How did I've that happen with Citizen Wolf and uh, Mr. Wolf? Actually through a friend, Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, it was through a good friend that introduced us and Coincidentally, the name kind of aligned as well. Yeah. Uh, so they do yeah. custom T-shirts, which we also hold, and that Citizen Wolf's show space store is just around the corner here, on Crown Street. Yeah, but it would be building that network with people that get yeah. it yeah. Um, and just fundamentally enjoy working with the product. So, yeah. Any other questions? Um, so individually, where do you kind of see is the future of your brands and collaboration? Yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's a learning curve for me, and it's I, I love the this space is going to evolve. It's going to be slightly different when we move over to Foley Street, so that's been a process. Um, but then when it comes to my own personal stuff, I don't know. I don't see huge evolution in that. If I could continue doing street style as my hobby and have my blog to kind of have my outlet there. It's fantastic, do a book every now and then, and then produce the magazine twice a year. I'm a happy guy. That's <laughs> all <laughs> I want to do. Um, yeah, that's my kind of goal. Yeah, I yeah. guess, as just Sophie said, with the mint market, it's constantly evolving. We're learning um, each other's strengths, and we're learning about what the challenges are, so that'll keep going. Um, for Burton Metal Depository, I'd love to, yeah, collaborate more with other designers um, for different collections. I guess I'd love to do something with somebody that's maybe is still in the creative industries but outside, so maybe somebody in the food industry or a ceramicist or an author or something, because I really, yeah, I love the idea that each one is bringing different sets of skills to the collaboration and you never know what you're going to end up with. So, yeah. It's month two for me, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at building the brand as much as possible. Internationally, um, it's the platforms there internationally, so try and find retailers um, in key points around the world and just grow as much as I can at the moment. Yeah, but I'd like to grow and reinvest over the next two years as much as I can. Yeah, before going into anything else. Yeah, yeah. just focus. <laughs> uh, 
um, yeah, I'm lucky um, with an industrial design background, so you get to work on different products. So hopefully, I can just keep doing that. Yeah. Alex, Alex uh, is the owner of the Temperance Society, who's serving our drinks tonight uh, over in Summer Hill. There's been um, a lot of these local kind of distilleries opening up. Have you you've been working with a lot of them and kind of creating special cocktails and whatnot? How's that process been? You know, for example, Young Henry's and creating this cocktail. Well, it's been kind of a as you guys know, collaborating with uh, local artisanal craft producers is really satisfying because you've got direct relationship with these people. It's mm -hmm. not just a, a product that's mass produced and pop, pumped out into the market. Yeah. They're things that are made with love and care. And I was talking to somebody else here tonight about this, which is that one of the byproducts of that is less hangovers. Yeah. And quite honestly, I've given it a really good try. I've got a lot of access to alcohol. And I could probably count two bad hangovers in the last 15 months that we've been open. And that was drinking other people's booze. So we usually have somewhere in the vicinity of eight to 12 gins. And the, uh, we only have one. We've got Tanqueray, yeah. just in case somebody who's weird or ignorant walks in. <laughs> Not that it's a bad gin, but we've got such fantastic things happening uh, here locally in yeah. all of our spirits. So in, in pretty much every one of our cocktails, we use at least one local uh, ingredient and a, a local spirit or a liqueur yeah. uh, in our cocktails. All of our beers are locally produced. So Young Henry's uh, have produced this gin that you're drinking tonight. And there's something kind of unique about this one, which is that while we're seeing a lot of craft gin popping up everywhere, most distilleries will use a pure spirit that they buy from one or two uh, spirit producers in the country who are known for producing the purest, cleanest white spirit. And then they're redistilling it with, um, with botanicals. Okay. Young Henry set out to try to make their gin from scratch. And they've had a few bumps along the way. Their first gin um, wasn't spectacular. It was good. It was a good try. But then they went back to the drawing board. Their first mistake was that they brought in an American moonshiner to teach them how to make spirits. And he just kind of went, oh yeah, you chuck the pumpkins in, you chuck the, anything that was organic and would ferment went into the vat. And they made this thing that was a bit like a gin, but it kind of was a little bit more like a moonshine. Which, if you're selling it as a gin is problematic, if you're selling it as a moonshine, it was a brilliant drink. So they're making this gin from scratch. So we've got, we've, in, in Sydney at the moment, we've got Poor Tom's, who crowdfunded uh, their distillery. And, and uh, Paul Tom supported the, the last of these talks. And we made a white lady with their gin, really elegant, fruit-driven gin. And, uh, and, and then uh, coming up, we'll probably have Moore's gin from the Central Coast. Uh, he's just won every medal internationally um, and just keeps on layering and layering and layering himself with medals. He's a happy, high-pants, really lovely uh, gin nerd. He's all about the gin, not about the beer. <laughs> and um, and uh, and then of course we've got Archie Rose, which is in Rosebury, and they're winning a lot of awards and producing extraordinary spirits. So we're entering a kind of a, a renaissance in Australia as far as uh, these sorts of products are concerned. So a lot of creating in the future for you of just different cocktails. You have a lot of variety to work with. Absolutely, absolutely. Amazing. Awesome. Any other questions, guys? Yes. So you mentioned crowdfunding, but where did you guys start? Like financial. 
personal expense or do you go get a loan? Like, how, how did you guys start? Um, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're on a budget, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, for us, so we both had our own businesses yeah. um, before, so... We invested a small yeah. amount each. Um, Set up and costs. Yeah, now we're trying to make it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, you know, but it's been a good, you know, without the city of Sydney support, that's another collaboration yeah. right there, uh, it wouldn't be possible. We wouldn't have done it. So we have this subsidized rent over at, not here, but over at the new place. Uh, that's definitely going to help. So that's something we've found and we're grateful for and that's going to yeah, and that help that, us plan. That is another collaboration because for that we have to do certain things yeah. for them. Yeah. yeah, so we're basically redeveloping. Their, the city of Sydney is redeveloping Foley Street. Uh, there's going to be six other shops there. Um, and they're kind of using us to kind of help develop it, make it into a destination. Um, and they're giving us affordable rent, which is grateful for. How about you guys? Majority personal funding, which is why I still have my full-time job. Yeah. 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 If I, yeah, I'll probably still have my full-time job for a little bit to come. <laughs> yeah. Is the discount on the watches tonight? <laughs> 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 the discounts. We can hook ourselves. We're small. <laughs> Anyone else? All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you for coming. I hope you enjoyed the talks. Uh, we'll be having our next one, hopefully, September. Early September. Yeah. And maybe revolving around Father's Day. Uh, but we'll be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hope you guys come. Hope you enjoyed it. Continue having a drink. Have some little nibblies there. Still need the cocktails. Yes. Drink, guys. Yeah, Please cool. drink. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.